0: Our second reading tonight is taken from Matthew 25, starting at verse 14, which can be found on page 27 of the New Testament section of the Church Bibles. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Emily, for your beautiful reading. And thank you to Toby and Susanna, who are doing double shift on this for me today. Well, thank you very much. So... Two questions, what is the stewardship? We've sort of covered that in very general terms, same about its purpose. So now we're looking at the responsibilities of stewardship. And I think the first thing to say is, as we begin to look at this parable that Jesus told, is one of the things that I, fi- I find One of the reasons why parables are so fascinating and and certainly at one level are quite easy to understand is that they are very polarised and stark and Jesus uses exaggerated terminology to make his point. And so um, I don't think we have to take every little detail as being a literal Um, sort of prophetic word or anything. Um, Jesus is making a point and uses a story very effectively in order to do that. So what are the responsibilities of stewardship? Well, we've already said in a sense that in simple terms, they are to protect, to manage and to expand all that which God has entrusted to us to manage. doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him. And he has given us those things for a time. Um, And the time period in the parable is while the owner is away, but will then return. And you have to think that as Jesus was telling this parable, um, that he's talking about himself. He is going to go away after his death and resurrection and ascension to heaven. He is going to disappear from the earth in those terms. And it will be a long time, it says here in the parable, it says he was away for a long time. And we don't know when he's going to return, but we do know that he is going to return, unlike one of the servants. So what does it look like in practice to be a responsible steward of what God has given us? Well, we have a wealthy businessman and owner who, of a large estate, he's going away for a long time, and he chooses three of his servants to be entrusted with large amounts of money. They're not given the same amounts. Uh, It's interesting, the amount given to each one is based on how much he likes them, no. How much work they do. Not really. Each one is given a different amount according to their capability to manage, protect and expand what they have been given. The assets of the owner they have been given. So, oh, you've got You see, they're ahead of me. These young ones, they're so fast. Didn't even need to wink or anything. Well done. So, whatever our circumstances, we're all very aware of this. We all have time, talents, and other resources. I had got a clock, a recorder, and what was the other one? A £10 note that I was going to bring, and I left them at home. But anyway, clock for time, recorder for talent. You you get it, yeah, okay. So, let's just explore these a little bit. Time. We tend to think of time, and in its simplest sense, you know, the seconds, minutes, hours of, of every day. But I think in sort of kingdom terms, what time means is the minutes and hours and opportunities that we have during our days and weeks and years to honour God and share our faith and serve other people. So they're the sort of, if you like, the kingdom times when God gives us those opportunities and they arise in front of us and we we can first thing we have to do is identify that it is an opportunity and and then invest some time in doing that. I met a man last week who was fascinating, early retired, strong Christian man um, with an evangelistic leaning and every Tuesday between 11 and 12 o'clock he goes to his local high street and he greets people smiling. Well, you know, some people he knows, some he doesn't. And he says, Do you want to hear some good news? Well, that starts the conversation because immediately, especially if you're a Northerner, you're going to say, Well, there ain't much good news going around, is there? <laughs> We've not had any of that for ages. And he engages in conversation. He says, Well, I've got some good news for you. God created you, He loves you, and He wants to have a relationship with you. And this man does that every Tuesday morning between 11 and 12 on his local high street. He has created, I'm not saying we should all do that, but he has created within his daily schedule that opportunity um, that God has perhaps prompted him and he uses that time very wisely. Of course, we are, we're all called to use our time differently, aren't we? Uh, and that's fine. But our, 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 we should have that longer-term goal and not worry as much about what's right in front of us. I tend to respond to demands on my time that are very immediate rather than thinking uh, long-term. So thinking about opportunities to honour God, to share our faith and to serve others. Talents, very simply, are our capabilities and abilities to use the God-given gifts that we've got in creative and productive ways to further his kingdom, to build his church and to further his kingdom. And then the other res- resources we've got vary, don't There's different things. This one I think is interesting, human resources. The resources we have within us um, that are almost subheadings of time in some ways. Our energy, our level of influence, our enthusiasm, our focus, our attention. We have choices about we, where we place those things. Obviously, oh, he's done it the other way around here. Oh, no, he's done it that way. Sorry, right, I changed it at the last minute. Material resources are obvious our money and our material possessions, but then we also have spiritual resources too because we do none of this in our own strength. We have the enabling and the equipping of the Holy Spirit. We have God with us, and we also have the inspiration of his scriptures and the encouragement of the fellowship of other Christians as well. So we do have lots of resources. Now, the key issue in the parable is this. How will these servant stroke managers handle what does not belong to them, but has been entrusted to them during the absence of the owner? And we have the same challenge. That's what the point of this parable was, that Jesus was saying, how will we act on on Jesus' behalf in managing, protecting, deploying and growing whatever time, talents and resources we have been entrusted with, as we wait for him to return. Now, the first servant was given much. He was very productive, and he doubled what he'd been given. Five plus five is ten. Second servant, he was given less, but he was equally productive. He also doubled what he'd been given. Two plus two is four. The third servant was given a little, and he dug a hole and buried it. He hid it, in other words. And the owner returns. How have you managed to, to uh, do what I, to grow what belongs to me, but which I temporarily entrusted to you? And the first and second servant are commended by the owner. Of course, well done, good and faithful servant. Isn't that what we want to hear? One day, that we have managed and protected and been productive with the things that God has given to us, whether large or small, whether they are even noticed or whether they are in public view. And that question really is about maximizing our kingdom potential. God has put so much potential into each one of us and he wants to see us grow in that potential. Now, the third servant, um, he's the one that we have to be be wary of. You know, you don't want to be the third servant. You can be one and two, that's fine, but you don't want to be the third one. He's described in the NIV as a worthless slave, lazy and even wicked. Now, the third servant didn't lose the money. He wasn't careless with it. He knows exactly where it's hidden. It's the third servant. Field past Patrick McGinty's goat, you know. He knows exactly where it is. But is he lazy? Could he just not be bothered to do anything with it? He certainly didn't do anything with it. Or is he actually downright wicked? Maybe he doesn't really believe that the owner will return. If he's going to go away for a long, long time, I mean, who knows? He may just not b- come back. What w- and so maybe he was just putting a little a little pot of gold somewhere that nobody else knew it was there. Because if, it's, if he didn't return, I can go and dig that up and I can keep it. And what happens to him? Well, again, Jesus uses hyperbole, exaggerated language to make a point. Um, he, he certainly ends up outside the owner's kingdom and into darkness. And there's a phrase here about weeping and gnashing of teeth. And uh, if you sort of explore what that means... Um, it isn't a reference of being sent to hell or, or anything like that. In, moderata- in modern day terms, it means something more to a reference to a psychological state of profound regret and remorse because they've been, they've been put right and they know they have. Um, it's a bit reminiscent perhaps of Judas's state of mind after he had betrayed Jesus and also... Peter's state of mind after he had denied Jesus. So next slide, thank you. So, in conclusion, the first statement is really, this is really, really important because you can have been listening to this and think, well, I'm not, very good. I'm not a very good steward. I haven't done much. What's God going to do? Is he going to throw me out of his kingdom? No because our salvation is secured by Jesus death and resurrection and however generous we are and what amazing things we do with the gifts and talents he has given us or don't do we cannot add or take away anything from our secure salvation in him and that's really important because we like to have tick lists of good good deeds Um, And this will not add anything to our salvation at all. However, we do have a responsibility to be capable and productive stewards of our time and talents. TTR, you've got that now, haven't you? Time, talents and resources. We do have a responsibility. And the way to, I think, is to change the way we think about them, that these things do not belong to us. They might be in our bank account. They might be in our cupboards. It might be that amazing ability we have in our brain, whatever it might be. That It may be that really kind and encouraging heart. Whatever it is God has given to us, we should be capable and productive stewards of that because they don't belong to us and they've been entrusted to us and we need to manage them according to God's instructions. Well, of course, that all sounds very simple and very easy, but of course it isn't. And it does require... A change of heart, a change of mind, a change of attitude, a new perspective, an eternal perspective, like the liver analogy we started with. Short-term pain for long-term gain. Can I have the next slide, please? Thank you. Nicky Gumbel puts it very well. He talks about the three Gs of stewardship. Uh, he says, We respond to God's grace with overwhelming gratitude and overflowing generosity. There's a quote for you. Scri- scribble that down and stick it on your fridge. We respond to God's grace with overwhelming gratitude and overflowing generosity. Oh, that's really helpful. As I've been preparing this, I've been thinking about it over the last two or three weeks. And um, these are my, fi- my final thoughts. I'm not responsible for how you respond to any of this, by the way. There's <laughs> only one person that you're accountable to and that I'm accountable to. And these are my final thoughts. And then as a short conclusion. As a steward of God's, in God's kingdom... Um, assigned with the task of protecting and managing and growing and deploying things that God has given to me. I want to change the way I think about those things. I want to change my attitude to them. I want to be more generous and more productive so that God can use them in building his church and furthering his kingdom. Now, I can't change what I did or didn't do yesterday Or even today, because it's nearly over. Just time for one more rugby match this evening. But I know, in my deep inside, I know I can be so much more generous with the things that God has given to me going forward. And to do that in Jesus' name and with the help of the Spirit is the work of discipleship and stewardship. So my challenge, this is my challenge I'm not smart enough or capable enough to own or even use my time and talents wisely most of the time. Probably 92% of the time, I'm really not very good at it at all. And I need God's help um, to fully help me to protect and manage and grow all he's given me. And so it begs this question. And I challenge you with this question today. Am I willing to take the faith risk that everything I am and have will achieve its full potential in God's hands rather than in mine? I actually like, since I wrote this, I, I almost felt like God gives me things and I hold them in my hand and I offer them back to him and then he puts his hands underneath mine so that we're both holding them, because I have some responsibility, but he is there underneath, supporting and helping and encouraging each one of us. So that's what I leave with you this evening. Um, Just a few thoughts about stewardship. Shall we pray? Almighty God, our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for entrusting us with so much, all that you have created, all that we are, all that you have made us to be, and all that we could be, that that kingdom potential. As members of the human race, may we be good stewards of all you have created and provided for us. As members of this church family, May we be good and generous stewards of the resources you have given us to manage in this place. And as individual believers, may we be good and generous stewards with the time and talents and resources you have entrusted to each one of us. Help us to grow in the risk-taking faith that prompts us to be generous managers of all you have given us for the furtherance of your kingdom in this church and in this community. And Lord, we know we can't do that on our own. And so we pray, Lord, fill us with your spirit each day that we may use all you have given us wisely and generously as we live for your kingdom and for the praise of your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.